do continue in our Set Sail series. This morning's ship is mentorship. And for those of us who, who think that's a big word and get confused by that, let me simplify it. It's simply passing down. Simply passing down and we'll keep it, keep it simple. Um, there are some phrases that I found that get passed down from generation to generation. I wanted to see if you could catch any of these phrases. Have you ever heard of the phrase, talk until I'm blue in the face? Anyone ever heard that phrase? Okay. Hopefully I'm not going to talk until I'm blue in the face today. Um, mm, hallelujah. Uh, how about this phrase, keep your eyes peeled? I never understood that. You peel an apple, you peel an orange, you don't peel an eye. But it's been passed down. How about this one, this world and one more? Okay. Skin of my teeth. That just sounds gross. Brush your teeth, okay? How about this one? Scarce as hen's teeth. Now, do hens have teeth? Apparently not. Um, my favorite phrase my grandpa used to tell me is, keep your nose to the grindstone. It just sounds painful. But these phrases have been passed down from generation to generation, grandma to grand, grandson and, and so forth. And there are different things that have been passed down. Um, maybe you have a grandmother that loves to cook, and she has this secret recipe. And she's been, it's been passed down from generation to generation. My grandma's got these old secret recipes, and they're on the old index cards. And they're locked away in this, like, it's got chains around it and bolts, and it's a secret padlock, and it's classified, her eyes only. She keeps it secret. Hopefully, she'll pass that down to me someday because she makes the best uh, noodles ever. But I'm hoping she, I don't know, she just, she got it passed down and hopefully she'll pass it down. I'm thinking of Pastor Moses passing down his musical ability to Judah. His, he celebrated a birthday two weeks ago. And uh, he, he, got a, he got some drums and he's already drumming, he's drumming on everything, passed that musical ability down. I'm thinking of businesses. Um, any Duck Commander fans out there? Exactly. Phil passing down his business to his son Willie. Um, passing down from generation to generation. How about passing down your good looks? Yeah? Or your bad looks. It's, it's okay. You just pass down whatever you have, whatever the Lord's blessed you with. Passing down craziness. I have a bad feeling that um, I'm passing down craziness to my daughter. So pray over us, okay? Uh, we just... I am a restless sleeper. Sonny will... <laughs> Bless him, Lord. At night, I toss and turn and I flip and flop like a fish and I get all tangled up in the covers and I think I've passed that down to Reagan because Sonny and Reagan were at camp this last week and they shared a bed and Sonny threatened me because all, all night, Reagan would flip and flop and get tangled up in the covers. So unfortunately, I'm sorry, I passed that down to her. Passing down bad attitudes, passing tempers. There are some good things that we pass, and there are some not-so-good things that are passed. Uh, we recently asked a bunch of kids, what are some things that you could pass? I want you to take a look at some of the responses. My mom made brown rice and black beans. Uh, probably pass guys. A car. I can pass a mail down to my baby. I can pass a test. 
that is so hard to pass um, and spread the word of Jesus. I can, and I can also pass friendship. I can pass sickness to people. A paper? Um, a pencil. And if I have a piece of paper, I can write on it. A secret note to a friend. And I can figure out the problem easily. You can pass a note. You can pass a ball to one another. I can pass a word of encouragement. And I can turn it in and I can pass it to my friend to check it. I can pass a test. I can pass a good things to pass. Passing gas, not so good. Passing pneumonia, not so good. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about this concept of passing down with a purpose. As we, we aboard the ship of mentorship, it's so important that we get a hold of this and we have an understanding of this. Uh, last week, we set sail. We launched out and we set sail on the leadership boat. And uh, remarkable, right? We want to continue our leadership. And this is just another step of our leadership as we mentor people. So why don't you bow your heads with me and let's pray this morning. Father, we come to you once again so grateful for your presence that's in this place. So grateful for another opportunity to, to set sail, to go aboard, Father God, and to learn of you. I pray that you would just anoint this message, open our ears and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So mentorship, it, like I said, it can be a big word and it can be confusing sometimes. But I just want to break it down and passing down with a purpose. And to have a full understanding of this, we need to understand what a mentor is. So a mentor is simply uh, one who teaches, one who gives help and advice to a less experienced and often younger person. So I want you to begin to see yourself as a mentor. See yourself as somebody that's passing down with a purpose. Any parents in here? A few parents? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You should be a mentor to your children. You should be passing down with a purpose. Any children's church workers? You should be passing down with a purpose. Youth sponsors, Sunday school teachers, passing down with a purpose. How about any Christians? Any Christians in the house this morning? Let me tell you, if you're a Christian, you should be passing down with a purpose. You should be a mentor, someone who teaches, gives help, advice to a less experienced. Our world who do not know Christ, they are less experienced than you are. So we need to mentor them. We need to show them who God is. And so it's important that we understand that you can be a mentor. I can be a mentor. Many times we make it far more complicated than it really is. We make excuses. Well, I can't mentor anybody because I don't understand the Bible. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't understand the whole Bible. But it shouldn't stop us from mentoring. I can't be a mentor because I'm not a good leader. Well, you know what? I'm not a good leader. It shouldn't stop us from being a mentor. I, I can't, I can't uh, be a mentor because I don't spend hours of prayer each day. You know, we come up with all of these excuses, but the bottom line is we have something to teach. We have some, someone that gives help. We have advice because the Lord has given it to us, and we should be passing it down. Pass down 
with a purpose. Don't make excuses. All you have to be willing to do is to do that. Teach, give advice, help. And there's nobody better at leaving this example for us than Jesus. Jesus was a wonderful mentor. And I want just to look at the scriptures today. I want to look, I want to give you some steps that Jesus did in his mentorship. So step one is this. Choose a student or students. And I say this in, in, in two different ways because we really need to have a, a perspective of mentoring in, in two separate ways. A general mentoring, but then specific mentorship. It's important. General mentoring, this is where you are helping a group. You're teaching a group. You're giving advice to a group. Our Sunday school teachers, you are generally mentoring your, your Sunday school class. Our life group leaders, you are generally mentoring your life group. The ranger leader that's, that's teaching the boys on, on badges and all of that kind of stuff, you are generally mentoring those boys. These are examples of general mentoring, and they happen all the time, and they happen in the church, and they should happen in the church. But let me tell you this, they don't need to only happen in the church. You can practice generally mentoring at your workplace. You can practice this on the ball court. You can practice this wherever you go because, again, all you're doing is you're teaching, you're giving help, you're giving advice of what the Lord has already put into you. It's general mentoring. Uh, we just went to camp. You know, we just got back, as Butler was saying, and, um, you know, the pastor, the camp pastor, Paul Reed, he was generally mentoring hundreds of students as he got up to speak. And our camp coach, which was Ronil Tosoy, give it up for Ronil Tosoy back there. Woo! He was a phenomenal camp coach for the red team. We bleed red, literally, was our slogan. Um, but he was a great camp coach. He mentored about 40 of us on our team. He generally mentored us through our devotions and things. You see, it's all about where God places you. God places you in different positions, and it's all about you guiding, you helping, you giving back what God's already put in you, this concept of general mentoring. We see it in the Old Testament. Moses did this. As he came down the mountain, he was generally mentoring as he was giving the, the ten, um, what is it, ten commandments. As he was explaining how to set up the tabernacle, general mentorship. As he was giving the various laws, general mentorship. Even on his way out of leadership, he was giving general mentorship. He was guiding. He was teaching. If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump around Scripture today, but Deuteronomy 31. Once you go there, or be on the screens. Uh, starting in verse 1. So Moses to continue, continue to speak these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and to come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispose them. And Joshua will go over at your, as your, at your head as the Lord has spoken. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. You picture this scene. Moses has got the people there, and he's just generally speaking. He's advising. He's teaching. He's encouraging. That's what it's about, general mentorship. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. Jesus did it. As he was given the, the Sermon on the Mount, general mentorship. Every parable he was given, general mentorship. Every time he was in the synagogue, teaching and guiding, helping, he was mentoring. General mentoring is important. It's something that we should all do. 
but I don't want to just limit it to that. We should be specifically mentoring people as well. We see that Jesus did this. If you have your Bible, you know, in your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 6. It'll be up here, verse 12. Specific mentoring. In these days, he went out to the mountain and to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. Verse 13. And when the day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named the apostles. See, um, what he had happened here is he, he wanted to choose specific people. And so he, he went to God in prayer. And he said, God, I, you know, I want to choose specific people. I want to have a little strategy behind this. And so he chose the people that would shape the world. He chose the people that would shake the world, the people that would carry on what he would start in them, the people that wanted to learn, the people that would follow him. And they were different people. They were fishermen and tax collectors and political people and loud mouths. See, he had a strategy on who he was going to pick. But can I tell you that his strategy was based in prayer. The Bible says that all night long he was praying, and then he chose in the morning. It's just another example of you and I, how we need to not just make quick decisions, but we need to bathe our decisions in prayer. Go to God and say, God, what is your will? I want to I follow your steps. I want to follow your will. Because there were many disciples. Jesus had many disciples, but he only chose 12. Specifically chose 12. You are going to face, you're going to have many options in your lifetime. Your families are going to have many options. You know, you're going to have many options as individuals. But it doesn't mean that they're all the correct option. We need to specifically pray and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Who should I choose? Because uh, that's what Jesus did. And I think if Jesus did that, you and I should do that. We should bathe things in prayer. After prayer, then he picked. And it's important that we do that. Because you don't want to just pick anybody. When you're talking specific mentorship, you don't want to just pick anybody. You don't want to have everybody in your inner circle. See, the Lord knew that, and so he, pray, he prayed about that, and he said, God, show me. Because are you ready for this? There are some fake people out there. Out there, not in here, y'all real. But there are fake people. There are people that are not really interested in growing. There are people that are not interested in, in really receiving what you have. They just want to get into your inner circle. But see, God wants us to be wise in who we're choosing. God wants us to be wise in who we're specifically mentoring. Because there are people out there, I, I call them leaky buckets. Leaky buckets. You pour and you pour and you pour into them, but yet they have this huge hole that they're not willing to patch. Even after you've shown and even after you've brought it to their attention through scripture and through prayer and whatever, they've got this giant hole. They're not interested in patching it. Those are leaky buckets, and we have to be wise. We have to be wise to that. There are people out there that, that Sonny and I will use this phraseology, that they, they're, they're comfortable in the mud. They're stuck in the mud, and they're comfortable. They're sitting out, out there, and, it, and, and even if we're willing to, to go through the mud, we're willing to extend a hand and help them up, they're... We, they would rather sit in the mud. They're comfortable in the mud. But they're more comfortable when you sit down in the mud with them. You know what I'm saying? It's, we had this girl in Indiana, and we would, we, would, we would mentor her. We would love on her, and we would go to the, to the ends of the earth for her. But she, we found out that, that she was a leaky bucket. She was stuck in the mud, and she was comfortable in the mud. And she wanted us to sit there with her. And see, I think that from time to time what will happen is the enemy will send a leaky bucket your way. The enemy will send somebody who's comfortable in the mud your way to distract you, 
to, so that your focus is not on God. Your focus is on the bucket. Your focus is on the individual. Well, see, we have to be a good steward. We've heard it time and time again preached that we should be good stewards of our finances. Anybody, you guys heard that? Yes? Well, let me tell you, you should be a good steward of your time as well. You should be a good steward of your energy. You should be a good steward of your resources, of your focus. And leaky buckets rob you of that. People who get stuck in the mud rob you of that. Now, it's not to say that we abandon them. No. We don't abandon them. We just don't allow them to rob us. We don't allow them to, to help to keep us captive in the mud. I want you to hear this phrase. We are called to love everyone, but you're not called to specifically mentor everyone. That's why you have to be wise in who you're choosing. Go to the Lord in prayer. God, I, I understand this concept of general, general mentorship. I understand specific, but, but show me who it is. Show me who it is so that I can stay on point. See, Jesus chose. The second thing that we see Jesus doing was he poured into them. He poured specifically into the 12. And I want to give you just a couple of things that he poured in. Um, the first thing is faith. He poured in faith. And in Matthew 17, 40, or 17, I'm sorry, verse 14, it says, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. Verse 16. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I going to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus, I love Jesus. He's just taking charge right there. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Verse 19. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, If you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move, And nothing will be impossible for you. See, the disciples right here, They, they were experiencing a lack of faith. And see, what Jesus was doing, He says, Let me pour into you something. Let me pour into you faith. Jesus was trying to, to stir up their faith, Because He obviously understands the power of faith. And he wanted to pour that into the, his students. He wanted to pour that in to his disciples. I think that's a good thing that we should pour into the people that we're mentoring. It's faith. It's faith. The second thing, with the same story, we see Jesus giving, pouring into them wisdom. Because the apostles came to him and said, hey, what's, what's the deal? I, I, I did what I know. I prayed and I did this and that. But it, it wouldn't work. And that's just it. They came with what they knew. And now with extra wisdom, not with things from Jesus. And so Jesus is like, well, let me just teach you a little bit. You don't have to have a mountain-sized faith. You don't have to have a, a faith of a tree. You just have to have a little faith, and it goes a long way. See, Jesus was teaching them here. See, everything that, that Jesus spoke was a source of wisdom. Every parable was a source of wisdom. Every time he spoke, he was pouring out wisdom to whoever he was speaking to. I think of my grandpa as a source of wisdom, and... I would go in the summer times, and we would spend a week with my grandpa, and he would have all these little projects of, for us to do, and mainly he just wanted us to work because he didn't want to do it. He would have us dig, and, and, but there was an, if there was a problem, he knew how to fix it. He could fix anything with WD-40 and duct tape. That's all he needed, and he was good. He was such a source of wisdom, and I loved just sitting here and, and just saying, Grandpa, how do you do that, and why are you doing this? And It was, just, it was powerful. I love that. 
That's what Jesus was doing here, is pouring out wisdom. Another thing we see Jesus pouring into his disciples is authority. Matthew 10, verse 1. And he called to them, to his 12 disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every disease and every affliction. Jesus gave his students authority. See, part of mentoring is you've got to give authority. You've got to give them authority to learn. You've got to give them authority to succeed. You've got to give them authority to fail. That's a powerful part of mentoring that we don't always, those who are doing this mentoring thing, we don't always want to give that up because we like it how we do. We think we're the right, and, and not to say that, that there's anything wrong with that, but we have to be willing, if we're mentoring people, we have to be willing to give that up, pour into them authority, allow them to, to make successes or make failures. Some of the best teacher, teachers are failures, and you learn a lot. I know that I've learned a ton by all the wrong things that I've done. Hmm, that's a poet right there. But we have to be willing to pour in authority. But let me just say this. Authority without instruction is no good. Authority without instruction, no good. When Sonny and I first moved to Tulsa, and we were children's pastors there, and we were their first children's pastors, and it was my first full-time children's pastor. And so I thought, you know, I know what's up. And so the pastor said, you just go in and you do whatever you want. I'm like, all right. You know, I don't know anything. I'm an idiot, right? And so I'm going in there, and I, hey, hallelujah. So I get, into this, uh, I get into this room with all the resources and the cabinets full of resources, full of curriculums and all that. And in my, all my wisdom, when I was 22, so smart, I decided that it's time to get rid of all that old stuff and bring in the new. So I threw away thousands of dollars of curriculum straight to the dumpster. And I didn't realize that it was preschool curriculum, it was youth curriculum, it was young adult, it was everybody's curriculum. I just chucked it. I threw it all away. And, um, and the, the preschool director went to the pastor and was like, what, what is he doing? He just got here. He's an idiot. He's throwing everything away. And uh, the, so the pastor's talking with me, and I'm like, I just, I'm just doing what I do. See, he gave me authority, but he didn't give me any instruction. And it's so dangerous when you do that. Jesus was given authority, but he also gave instruction. In Matthew 10, uh, verse 5, uh, starting in verse 5, can we put that up here? This is some of the instruction. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 7. And proclaiming as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. You receive Without paying, give without pay. See, what is happening here is Jesus is going through and he's saying, listen, I'm giving you authority, but here's some instructions with that. It's dangerous if you just give authority without any direction. So as you're mentoring people, be aware of that. Be aware of that. We see Jesus pouring into his, his disciples, his students, the, the concept of servanthood. See, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Even, even at the Last Supper, Jesus knows what's up. He knows what's going on, but he's still serving. He's, he's taking off his clothes, and he's, he's washing the feet of the disciples. He's showing them servanthood. He's pouring that into him, into the disciples. Isn't that a great concept for you and I to pour into people? Just to serve? Just to take on that concept of serving just like Jesus did? We see Jesus pouring into his disciples' correction. 
uh, the night uh, that he was be about to be betrayed, he was at the garden, and they came, and Peter drew his sword and cut off the ear of one of the guards. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And, and Matthew, this is found in Matthew 26. And verse 52 says, but Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. See, Jesus is correcting him here. Even in the middle of the chaos, even in the middle of the, the, what's going on in Jesus' life, he's still pouring out to his disciples. He's still pouring out into his apostles saying, let me correct you. Let me show you something. That just shows us that no matter what your life is, no matter where you're at in life, it could be all going crazy right then, but you still can mentor people. You could still pour into people just like Jesus did, just like D Jesus did. You're pouring out correction. Take it. When it's poured out onto you, take it and grow from it. When you're pouring it out onto people, listen, do that in love. When you're pouring out correction on people, do that in love. Do that in a way that is honorable to God. Like I said earlier, we, we tend to make this, this mentorship complicated. But we need, to, we need to apply this KISS method. Anybody heard of this KISS method? Keep it simple, saint. You guys heard that? Right? This is just a list of some of the things that Jesus poured into his apostles. What I want to tell you this morning is just pour into people what God has already poured into you. If he's poured love into you like he has, pour it out. If he's poured mercy into you like he has, pour it out. Wisdom and leadership and guidance, whatever the Lord has poured into you, simply pour it out. That is mentoring. You're passing down with a purpose. Keep it simple, saint. Don't make it complicated. That was the what. How did Jesus do it? How did he mentor? He simply did life with the, the, the apostles. Yeah, that's a new one. The apostles. He simply, don't put that in the dictionary. He simply did life with them. He ate with them. He walked with them. They hung out together. Probably more mentoring takes place outside of these walls than inside of these walls. It's important that we understand that. One of my mentors is my father-in-law. And I remember when we were in Indiana, before we moved to Tulsa and when we were back, that we would go fishing. We would play disc golf. He would even show me how to change brakes on a car, all of these things. And I loved that time that we spent together because he was just pouring into me. It wasn't all super spiritual all the time. He was just mentoring me and showing me what it is to be a man, showing me how to take care of my family and this and that. It was real. When he, when he hit his hand with a hammer, he said, ouch. He was being real. When he missed the disc golf, when he threw it off by a mile, he was upset. That was real. Sometimes we get in this concept of this mentoring that we have to have everything straight laced and we have to, no, just be real with people. That's going to show. That's going to tell them that you care. That's going to be real life with them. It's important. Jesus took them to allow them to experience things. Jesus involved them. One of, the one of my favorite things to do is when we get up here to pray and Reagan's here, I love to bring Reagan with me. I want to involve her in prayer. I want to show her what it is to, to agree with somebody and, and, and lay hands of faith and agree that, that God's going to work out this situation. I love to involve her. It's important that we do that. But let me give you some reasons why we don't do that. Because mentor is time-consuming. Mentoring is investing. Mentoring is messy. It requires that you dig deeper. And the problem is, is as Christians, we have become lazy. We don't want to dig deeper. 
We don't want to get messy. We don't, we don't want to give up our time. Can I tell you that we should be doing that because there are kids. You saw all the kids up here. There are kids that need mentoring. There are young adults. There are youth that need mentoring. There are older adults. There are grandmas and grandpas. Can I tell you, everybody needs mentoring. It's important. So we have to be willing to, to get messy. We have to be willing to invest. We have to be willing to go after God with all that we have and pouring that into people. You're passing down with a purpose. You're passing down because it's important. After all, listen to this. Didn't Jesus get messy for you? I think he did. Didn't Jesus pour out his life for you? He did that. I, so I think it's a good idea that we do the same. Amen? If Jesus did it, we should do it. So step one is you gotta, you got to choose the student, the students. you got to be willing to pour into them. The third step is this. Watch for results. Watch for results. Remember that you're passing down with a purpose. The purpose of mentoring is to lead people to Jesus, to guide them to Him, to help them understand what He is about, to advise them about Him. Listen to this. If, if they are led to you, you are mentoring wrong. If they're giving you praise, you're doing it wrong. If they look more like you than they do Jesus, you're doing it wrong. If they go to you for the answers instead of Jesus, you're doing it wrong. And you have to re readjust. You have to evaluate. You have to look at the results and what is happening. There have been so many times that I've had to look at myself and I've had to adjust because they'll say, well, that's what Pastor Dave would do or that Pastor Dave gave me this and that. And, and then I think, is that what Jesus would do? I want their first instinct to say, that's what Jesus would do, not that's what I would do. We need to lead them to Jesus. It's about him. And when they're mentored correctly, there's going to be some incredible effects. There's going to be some incredible things that go on. Jesus mentored the disciples, the apostles, and look what they did. They went all over the world pointing people back to Jesus. It was all about Jesus. It wasn't about them. It wasn't about their agenda or their plans. It was all about Jesus. That is what it means to be successful in mentoring. That's why we're getting on this mentorship that's why we're setting sails in, into a new generation, into a new process, so that we can become the best Christians we can be. It's important that we make it all about Him. And can I tell you this morning, when you're looking, watching for results, results may vary. You've ever heard that phrase? You got this diet pill on the, on the TV, and, and somebody loses 400 pounds, somebody loses 200 pounds, somebody loses you know, 150 pounds, and you get it, and you lose two pounds. And then you read the fine print and it says, it says results may vary. Well, yeah. <laughs> In this mentorship, results may vary. There may be instant change in people that you're mentoring. There may be instant things that you they grab a hold of and, and they never let go and they're changed forever. Others, it may be a process. And I want to encourage you, stay with the process. Don't give up during the process. Continue to mentor people. It could be a change now. It could be a change later. Results may vary. But when you do that, God's got a reward waiting on you. He's got a reward waiting on you. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Pastor Moses, if you can come and help me. It says this, And let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of mentoring. Let us not grow weary of teaching. Let us not grow weary. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. 
In due season, you're going to reap, but don't give up. When the mentoring gets messy, when it gets time-consuming, when it pushes you to another level and requires you to dig deeper, don't give up. God's got a sweet reward for you. I don't know what it is, but I know that the Lord has some pretty good rewards. Amen? He's got some good rewards. Let me tell you the main result that you should be looking for in mentoring. Is the people, is their personal life closer to Jesus? Do they look more like Jesus? If they do, then you're being successful. Are they reproducing themselves? Are they mentoring others? Then it's successful. That's what it's all about. It's about pointing people to Jesus and helping them point other people to Jesus. And the cycle continues. Remember, we're all called to this. All of us that have Jesus can advise, can teach, can guide, can help. Don't think it's only for a pastor or for a leader. It's for everybody. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples. The King James Version says to teach the disciples, to instruct, to guide, to mentor. See, I think Jesus is giving us a mandate here. He's saying go and mentor. Go and advise, go and help, go and teach, go and guide. Do it in the general setting with the people you have in contact with, you know, at the workplace, at church, this and that. But do it in the specific setting. Pray about who you're supposed to pour into. Avoid the leaky buckets. Pray about it. And then simply pour into people. Practice the KISS method. Keep it simple, saint. God's not asking you to pour into, the, into people what you don't have. You just pour out what God's already blessed you with. And then watch for the results. Watch for the results. Make sure that they're getting closer to God and not you. Make sure they're repeating the, this mentoring cycle. As I was preparing this message over the last couple of weeks, I was praying that God would, would give us a general group that we should mentor. And I was praying that God would give us specific people that we can mentor. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you to see that general group. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's a group here at the church. Maybe it's your life group. Maybe it's students. Maybe it's children. Who knows? You and God know. I want you to think of ways that you can pour into them. Think of ways that you can advise them, that you can teach them, that you can guide them so they look more like Jesus. Now I want you to see the individual. I've been praying that God would give you some individuals. You would put them upon your heart instantly and you would know that they are from Him. But if not, pray about it. But see their faces. Begin to think, how can you pour into them? How can you pour into them? I want you to stand to your feet as we pray. It's time that we do work, church. We get on the, the, the mentorship and we set sail. Because there, there are generations that need it. More than just kids, more than just youth, everyone needs a good mentor. So I want you to see your people today. Father, we just thank you for another opportunity for all that you are doing in this church, God. Another opportunity to grow, Father God. Another opportunity to set sail into the horizon that you have for us. And God, as we aboard this ship of mentorship, Father, I pray that you would help us to see the people that we are mentoring. 
Help us to see them specifically and in general, Father God. I pray that you would give us the confidence to pour into them all that you've poured into us. And God, that we would see the results, Father, that they look more like you, that they repeat that cycle. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, child, youth, every person that's in here, God. Put it upon their heart today that we may all walk away looking more like you and helping others to do the same. We thank you for your presence in this place, God. And we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I want to invite you all back tonight for the Kids' Crusade. It'll be a beautiful opportunity for you to practice what was preached this morning, to mentor kids. All right? God bless everybody. Have a great afternoon. Oh, one out, last announcement I forgot to mention. If you want a T-Bird shirt or a Pink Lady shirt, we've got a special deal for you. If you will bring a shirt this afternoon, this evening, at the Kids' Crusade, Commander Stacy will spray paint it for you. He will put the Pink Lady's logo and the T-Bird's logo on it. You just have to bring him the shirt. Okay, that will start at 6 o'clock tonight. So make sure that you all want to do that if you want to participate. It'll be fun. All right, God bless everyone.